what's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, good morning. Good morning. Happy uh, day two of the league calendar year. Uh, we have the live stream tonight for anybody who's listening uh, this morning, Thursday morning, March 18th. And uh, Joe, we're less than a, a month away from tax day, and we're <laughs> not too far off from the start of the 2021 NFL draft as well. Oh, oh no, 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 my friends. They delayed tax day by another month. Take oh, your time. You got, you got more when time. Happen? It happened yesterday, May 17th. Take your time. Oh, file oh, your yeah. taxes. You know, do it right. You got more time, gentlemen. My uh, my taxes will be filed after the 1st of May then, after draft season is when I'll be filing yeah. my taxes. Yes. What was it last year we got until like July? June or something. I, yeah. I, yeah, I took full advantage of that. Uh, so. Chris is pulling receipts here on the in in our recording studio. He just pulled up the yeah because Chris, bless him, it's it's five a.m. in the morning in Arizona time. Welcome back to the time everybody else's uses instead of Arizona doing their weird pseudo. Nah, we're not going to observe daylight savings. No, time. it's it's not weird. We do what everybody else should do. We don't do anything, and this right. is a but movement the that other, the rest of the world's trying to do, and we're just we're first. We just don't do anything. But if the other 49 states do it, that still makes you weird, even if it's right. So mm. tough to argue with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yes, it is early here. So uh, I'm a little wired. Have some cereal here for the show today. But yes, tax day delayed another another month, gentlemen. So take your time. Right? I'm, I'm still a little bit weirded out that you're eating cereal right now. And I know that it's been poured. It's been in the bowl for at least 10 or 15 minutes. Like you've got to eat that cereal Pretty quick, or else it's going to. He's going to meet the mic while we go here, and so yeah. before we get into what we were going to get into on the show today, let's let's settle a, a nice little debate that could become the poll question for today's show: milk first or cereal first when you're when you're pouring cereal? Oh God, it's cereal, cereal first. first. Okay, Oof, thank goodness we're in unison on this one. Is that, that even a question? There are people out there. Yeah, there are people that are milk first people. No, and I can't be friends. No with friend those of mine. No friend of mine does that. Ooh. There is like uh, a perfect saturation level of cereal and milk, and you completely miss it if you just dump dry cereal right. on top of a pool of milk. Right. Oh, can't boy. believe it's even a thing. I still think about Dane Brugler, uh, fantastic NFL draft analyst for the the Athletic. He, on his podcast a few years ago, he talked about how he will have a bowl of cereal, and then with the leftover milk, he will pour another type of cereal, completely different flavor. <laughs> Into that milk and then eat it to finish it off. Like, wait, you can't just go from like you know Fruit Loops to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That is, well, I think there's a selectiveness in there, but oh. yeah, it's <laughs> a little more strategic. Hey, how about the Arizona Cardinals, Chris? Just kind of off the cuff, trading sure. for Rodney Hudson yesterday, mm-hmm. letting their best defensive player from last year go to the Panthers for a short little one year, eight million dollar deal. Yeah, it was a great yeah. day for them. Son Reddick left and Pat Pete left yesterday. So yeah. got a little worse defensively, which you would completely expect from a Cliff Kingsbury coach team. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was impressed that they coveted the offensive line. They and they traded a three for uh, Rodney Hudson. 
This is a move from a general manager who knows his job's on the line, right? This is, we have to go all in with our quarterback on a rookie deal with this window. Now, you can agree or disagree with their ability to win in that window, but Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury have to win and they have to make the playoffs this year. So going out and trading a three uh, to get Rodney Hudson is a move that they had to make. And the way that I phrased it to some, some people yesterday was, they weren't going to get a player of the caliber of Rodney Hudson with their third round pick. And with the window that they're trying to operate under, that is a winning move for them. Uh, the AJ Green, AJ Green move, I love as well. Um, I think defensively, they're, they're a train wreck. So I, I think, I think this means Larry is probably gone, right? I think this means Larry has probably retired, and he didn't really have a role in Cliff's offense either the last two years. And I think if you ask AJ Green to take a, a a lesser role, a wide receiver two role, even maybe a wide receiver three roles, if they still believe in Christian Kirk, I think they're in a decent spot offensively. He's not going to put up old AJ Green numbers, but I think he can put up decent numbers so i like that move defensively i think they're a mess right i know they signed jj watt but i think they're a mess can we put him in a wide receiver five role i know i don't think that's what they're going to do oh okay chris you said something that triggered me you said i saw that Joe, yeah you, you yeah you, Joe you, okay well first of all I, I took a sip of water and it <laughs> didn't go well but uh you um you said that steve kime is like facing like he's got to prove it or something like he's got to uh deliver this year he could be gone brother at what point do we just have to accept that he's never gonna get fired like if he's lasted this long through you know personal issues bad drafting just getting stuff wrong left and right like what why should we believe that there's a short leash right now or the, the leash has shortened on steve kime I don't know if it's necessarily that the lease has shortened. It's just that they took a bunch of risks. They hired a guy who was fired as a head coach in college and was an offensive coordinator at USC for all of about five minutes. And they made him an NFL head coach with zero experience. They then took an even bigger risk by using the number one overall pick a year after they traded up to get a quarterback to draft Kyler Murray. So they, the moment they did those two things, Steve Kime put his job on the line that we are going to win in this window with Kyler Murray. And now they're double and tripling down even more by moving capital and making all of these moves. But who wanted to make those moves in Arizona? Oh, I see the argument that you're making that this it's is coming from Bidwell. Michael Bidwell. Okay, that's fair. Bidwell and, wanted to do this. So and, like, how are you going to throw it back on Steve? And I would also, to argue against myself... I would also say that I don't necessarily think Michael Bidwell has a Rolodex of NFL general manager candidates that he could call up an interview. And he's very good friends with Kime, so they yep. may just write it out together. So I'll argue against myself. I understand that. There you go. But boy, is the noise going to get very loud here because I can attest to this. The noise already is loud here on a local media level of year three, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. It's There's more talk about Cliff that if mm. they don't win this year, Cliff isn't going to be around for all that much longer. This feels like Arizona is setting the stage here for a no excuse year for Kyler. I, I would say Cliff as well, but to go out and get a veteran center like Rodney Hudson, AJ Green, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll do something at running back. It just it's it smells like I don't think Kyler's done anything that would put him on a like make it or break it year, but I would say a no excuse year to really see him reach his ceiling in year three, which look, I mean, the guy was like a one year starter at Oklahoma. I think he's had, I think he's overachieved to an extent. So 
I don't think he should be on the hot seat, but they've certainly the wall they hit at the end of last year. Yeah, right. Wasn't really inspiring for Kyler, right? There's the first half of the season, the MVP candidate discussion, and then they kind of flop down the stretch. And like, I kind of look at what Arizona's doing, and I like it from the sense that you are eliminating as many questionable variables as possible to try and yeah. isolate what you need to change if it doesn't work. Yeah. And you, sh- you should have that clarity, especially if they come out, maybe they'll draft a corner in the first round. But if you take your other assets and you bring in, uh, whether it's an offensive guard or another wide receiver slash running back and like, you, you get all those pieces put together and, and I like Chase Edmonds, you know, as a back, you know, maybe, maybe they'll stick with him. Maybe they'll draft somebody mid round. They now don't have a third to work with. So that that's one less chip on the table for them. But like get this thing as close to what you think is a finished product as possible. So then that way, if it doesn't work, you should have no questions on what needs to change, whether that's, Skill players, quarterback, head coach, whatever. Real quick, their offensive line. I think we know three spots. Center's Rodney Hudson, left tackle's DJ Humphreys, right tackle is Kelvin Beecham. So then you have Justin Pugh, who I would assume is the left guard. So you have already in-house Josh Jones, who's probably a backup tackle. You have Mason Cole, who was the center. He could probably play guard. Lamont Gallard's a player that I'm at least interested in. Justin Murray, like you have options. Sean Harlow, you got a lot of options there for that that right guard spot. So this offensive line looking pretty good. Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great pick. But Make that, it happen. Man, this corner situation, though. Like, it's, it's brutal. And can I share something with you guys, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not? They've sure. made all of these moves. I still think they're the fourth best team in the NFC West. Oh, oh boy. Um, okay. So number one is Seattle. I think it's the Rams, but okay. the Rams. I would agree with the Rams. Stafford, yes, the Rams with Stafford. I think are the best team in that division. Also, Seattle apologies too? if you hear a car alarm going off outside. Apparently, at five twenty-one in the morning, people decided let's just set our car alarms off. Maybe somebody's car is being stolen. Chris. I don't know. Let me let me let me go check out the window here in a minute. <laughs> that might be mine. Okay, so uh, we think those two are the best Seattle and LA. Yes, and I will bet on a bounce back from San Francisco, who has the better coach. And I think the better overall mm-hmm. roster. Well, they're not one or two in our eyes. So they're, I mean, they're at least at best three collectively. I think we would agree. I think we can collectively agree that Arizona went out and shopped for some parts. And if you need to go out shopping for some auto parts, rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver. RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit RockAuto.com for all your auto parts needs right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And while we are in the mentality of telling you about our friends, we have been pounding the table for Built Bar, the top of the first round protein bar 
on the market for quite some time now. Built Bar is an amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now it is time to find out who is the champion of champions with Built Bar Madness, a March Madness-style bracket featuring Built Bar flavors. You can follow along with the tournament by going to BuiltBar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who's won the daily matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar of the world's best-tasting protein bar. (laughs) Whose fight song is that? Hell to the football team. Oh, okay. Yeah. This team's going to make a little noise this year, aren't they? They're going to mess around and win some football games. They just might do it. So just kind of recapping what they've done so far. Ryan Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. Curtis Samuel now in the offensive skill group. They have William Jackson at corner opposite of Kendall Fuller. Pretty significant, right? Those are three big moves. Draft Christian Derisaw at 19 and let's go to war. Let's do it. (sighs) Okay. So I've been... As soon as we decided we were going to talk a little bit about the Washington football team today, I was thinking about first-round possibilities. And you you mentioned uh, Darisaw, which I think would be a great pick. Tevin Jenkins. I, Tevin Jenkins would be a great pick. I think that wide receiver still in the mix to me. You know, Calvin Harmon coming back. We liked what he's shown a little bit as a rookie, but coming off the injury, you know, you could still make a case for some help there. Ready for this idea? Sure. Micah Parsons. He ain't going to be there. What if he is, though? If he is, you got to have the conversation, sure. Because right now, this linebacker, I mean, John Bostic, Cole Holcomb, Kaliki Hudson, I mean. But I here's, the inc- is- here's the inconvenient truth. We've seen a lot of teams get by with marginal linebacker cores because of how much the game is played in sub. See, I, when people say that, I think, well, then you need linebackers that can play in space. To me, that doesn't diminish it. It, it says you need less linebackers, but I still think you need to have two linebackers that can hold their own in space. Well, if you're going to go four up front, Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Yikes, that's crazy. Okay, That's a phenomenal front four. Yeah. And then you go five deep on the back end. And you've got Landon Collins, Cameron Curl at safety. Yeah. William Jackson, Kendall Fuller. We're going to call Jimmy Moreland the unquestioned nickel. Like they'll have somebody playing nickel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So not a math guy, but that's nine. So you need two. Cole Holcomb's a good athlete. I don't know how consistent he's going to be as a starting three down linebacker. Uh, he's been productive as a tackle guy, but he, he really hasn't clicked as a three down player yet. You need a guy. Can, get, why use the first round pick on Micah Parsons when you can get a coverage linebacker with Jabril Cox in the second round? I don't know. Cause I like Micah Parsons a lot better. <laughs> That's why. I mean, you can always do that. You can always say, well, why would you draft this player when you can get that player? Right. 
um, I just look at the tackle situation, and we're in a bad way at offensive tackle. We're in a really bad way with Jerron Christian, Sadiq Charles, and Morgan Moses as our top three tackles. Cornelius Lucas as well. It's as if they could use the highest paid left tackle in the National Football League. Well, that's not going to happen, unfortunately, because Washington uh, did a little bit of bad business, if we're being honest, with, <laughs> with, with how things turned out. Uh, so they, they need a tackle. And I look at the tackle situation. I look at the tackle class and the opportunity for me is too good to pass up because who's going to be there in the middle of the second round of the offensive tackle. That's the question you have to ask yourself. And if you don't feel good about the answer and I don't, then while I think Micah Parsons would be a great fit, Joe taking over for John Bostic in the middle. I've got eight tackles in my top 50. Yeah. How many will be there at 51 or wherever they're on the, the board? Scientists don't even know. Right. But I'd be willing to bet one or none of those top eight. Really? You think one or none? Yeah. How many tackles do you think? Oh, we did this the other day. How many tackles do you think go in the first round? It's impossible to know. Okay. Is Penny Sewell going in the first round? Yeah. Is Rashawn Slater going in the first round? Yep. Is Christian Darisol going in the first round? Yep. Is Tevin Jenkins going in the first round? I think so. Okay, so we're up to four, and I just ripped them off without even looking. All right, so I got, oh, yeah, you ripped off the top four, and I still have half of them left. Is Jalen Mayfield going top 50? Top 50-ish? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to put him as fringe available? I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, what about Liam Eikenberg? Yeah, that's the range. Dylan Raddins. That's the range. So you're going to bank on the second most valuable position in on the offense side of the football. Three guys that are, quote, in the range aren't going to get picked at all by any of these playoff teams or the New York Jets picking at 33 and 23. I'm just this Jacksonville team, Jaguars. They got good play out of Cornelius Lucas and Morgan Moses as their tackles. It's a quick trigger. Morgan offense. Moses last year. It's a quick-triggered offense. It gets the ball out of the hands quick. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's the one of the quickest-triggered quarterbacks over the last like decade. I'm just saying that it's. I'm not sitting here going to lose sleep over the tackle situation. I'm not saying it, it can't. I don't think that's the only possibility we should be considering for them. When they get on the board at 51 or whatever it is, and Jackson Carmen and Alex Leatherwood are the best tackles available, they'll have you to blame. I'm just saying, this is a compliment for Washington. They have done enough so far in free agency to fill critical holes that I think it sets them up to be, you know, not have to panic and pick any one thing. It sets themselves up to truly pick the best player available, which could be Micah Parsons, which could be a receiver, which could be a tackle. But they have done a really good job of filling needs in free agency and setting themselves up for value in the draft. It's almost like Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. Damn right he does. Almost. Almost. I mean, to turn this around so quickly, to, our, our perception of Washington is changing very quickly. And the difference is Ron Rivera. They're going to score a lot of points on offense. Yeah, you're playing in a division that's got Philadelphia's <laughs> defense. Uh, Dallas's defense. Dallas's defense. And you got Ryan Fitzpatrick firing like, away. What, what, did, what, did Giant, what, did, what did Dallas do? They need a lot of help on defense. I mean, like, a ton. They're a hot mess express. 
Opposite to Marcus Lawrence, what do you have in the pass rush? Randy Gregory. <laughs> Lawrence Armstrong. Bradley right. and I. Okay? okay, great. Now, you have two interior defensive linemen in Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill who have recently been top 100 picks. Those are some soft tackles, aren't they? I mean, collectively. You, you, you don't, yeah, you look at who they have under contract. Right. Up front, they're very, they've been very eroded. Leighton Van Der Esch, you never know what you're going to get because he can't stay healthy, unfortunately. And he had that magnificent rookie season and uh, did the whole howling at the wolf thing or howling at the moon thing. And now it's been two years of, of underwhelming play. And Jalen Smith, they paid. And ability and coverage and space and consistency is not where it needs to be. And then you look at the secondary, and right now you got Anthony Brown. Uh, Trevon Diggs is a second-round pick from last year. Uh, your safeties are Reggie Robinson, Darian Thompson, and Donovan Wilson. We need everything on defense. Yep. We need literally everything on defense. Aside of one starting defensive end, and because you paid Jalen Smith, he's locked in your lineup. And you could give Trevon Diggs the benefit of the doubt. Not great, Kyle. Holy cow. Right. So this is what happens when you pay pay out all these monsters. Amari Cooper got a monster contract. And Tyron Smith got a big contract. And Zach Martin got a monster contract. Ezekiel Elliott got a monster contract. Lyle Collins got a big contract. Demarcus Lawrence. And then you pay Dak Prescott on top of all of it. Jalen Smith got a big contract. Like, You put all your eggs in one basket, and that's the risk. You when you when you pay everybody, your nucleus becomes your nucleus, and it becomes exponentially more important for you to hit on everything else. We don't know if Dallas is there because we can't say with confidence that their drafting over the last three years defensively has positioned them where they need to be to take this in stride, despite having the clear cut best quarterback in the division. Right. You're you're gonna have to ask Dak to throw for 6,500 yards again next year. <laughs> no big deal, bro. No big deal. Hope you're healthy. We need you to throw the ball 700 times this year. And he, I mean, he might if if they keep Michael Gallup. Yeah. And you're you're working with a wide receiver trio of Cooper, Gallup, and Ceedee Lamb. He might. <laughs> but what's the ceiling for wins for that team, especially when the primary threat in the division in Washington? Yeah. How are you going to block them? Genuine question. How are you going to block them? Remember when they played on Thanksgiving this year? <laughs> they just tore them to shreds. You hope, you hope everyone's healthy, right? That's step one. You need Smith and Williams and Collins and Martin to be healthy. That's critical. Um, but, yeah, they got their hands full. And, and Shuby said in the pre-show, and I, I am inclined to agree with him, and I guess it's not really a hot take because they won the division last year. Washington football team right now looks to be the best team in this division. You could probably bet on that. If you're looking to get some some NFL futures action, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports action going. Football season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Plus, bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it is free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today 
receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So we're going to take a look at who's left on the market uh, as of this morning. And I'm sure, Chris, as soon as you post the podcast, Galladay's going to sign in New York. So let's get it out of the way. It's whatever It's whatever guy you guys focus on the most is really what it's been. Oh. It, was Trent Williams, it was Trent Williams the other day, and I posted the podcast early. I posted it at midnight East Coast time. Right, the and day that broke before, at like 2 a.m. And 2 in the morning. So I was at least in front of the curve, but barely. I barely got the, the episode up in time. So it's whatever guy you really focus in on here in this group, that's the guy that's going to sign today. Galladay. You want to do it? Galladay, want to focus in here? Galladay signs? Oh, I mean, we're just going to do them first. So we'll oh. probably talk the longest on them and him and then realize we got to move our ass and <laughs> talk about other players and not get to everything we wanted to. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. is always what happens. It's too much content. So Kenny Galladay, Joe, what do you think his, he reportedly, apparently turned down a deal from Detroit last offseason that was somewhere in the ballpark of, I believe, $16.5 million per season. He ain't getting that now. Ooh, yeah, that's fun. We we did this with Clowney. Remember that a couple of years ago? Oh, boy. You think Davion would have that one back? Oh, my. No, nah, because then he would have to practice and stuff like that and do you know team stuff during the offseason. He didn't want to do that. Um, Gallaudet, is Galladay a little overrated at this point? He's a good player. But right. Like a, yeah, I mean. No, I, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what $16.5 million, which is what I believe Detroit offered him, uh, what that would put him as as far as annual average salary for wide receiver rankings. But, like, I don't think Kenny Galladay is one of the 10 best wide receivers in the no, NFL, do you? Yeah, no, I don't. And I know that's just that's free agency where you have to play – you have to pay A-plus money for, like, you know, B-level players. It's just That is free agency a lot of times. So, so 16, have- 16 and a half for Kenny would – Tie him with Mike Evans as one, two, three, four. Yeah, five, six, he seven. ain't that dude. He ain't as that. a top ten paid wide receiver, he ain't that. So what is he? What is he actually going to get? <sighs> okay, he's got well, we just saw Nelson there. Aguilar and Corey Davis got thirteen, but then Curtis Samuel goes out and gets eleven and a half. What did Corey Davis get? Thirteen. Oh man, I predict. Galladay gets 15. Two years, 30 million. From the Giants? So the teams that we think are in the mix are the Giants, Bengals. And Miami's kind of in the background. They have a standing offer, but it doesn't sound like they're going to come off of it. Miami's one of those teams that has numbers and like you can take it or leave it. That's what I'm getting from them. Yes. Right? Like they, we're they, not going to go over the name your price tool. They're like, we yeah. know what we think you're worth. Yeah. We're not chasing. This it. is what we're offering. It's up to you. Yeah. Smart, by the way. I know that people don't like to hear that. It's worked I out think, pretty well for him so far. Absolutely. So 15, I think he gets 15 a year. When is Stefan Diggs going to hold out? Holy crap. <laughs> Just a matter of time, right? This guy's coming in at 13. Oh, boy. He has another season like he did last year, and, and we'll start having that conversation. <laughs> it's going to be like $25 million a year. Oh, boy. All right, we're not talking about Diggs. We're talking about Galladay, and um, I think he gets 15 per. I think the Giants really should be in on this because it really isn't a no-excuse year for Daniel Jones, right? Like, it's right. got you got to be prove that you're – the guy this year, and you have to make sure that he's surrounded. So I would like that for New York. I agree. 
So, I mean, they really don't have anything of substance. I know we were all excited la- this time last year about Darius Slayton because he had like three 100-yard games. <laughs> He's a reasonable a player. He's just not He's like a, a reasonable one. player, yeah. right? But like, who's who's the guy in this wide receiver room? Sterling Shepard. It's don't the guy him. who's it's the guy who's always hurt in Sterling Shepard. So that's a problem. Yeah. And your other guy is Evan Ingram. And he's also quite he's often the, hurt. He's got the dropsies too. So yes, Go they, get they, they need they need a standout receiver in a bad way. So pay pay Kenny Galladay, please. Yeah. Let's end this madness. So what do you think about Cincy being in that market? Because they do have T. Higgins, they have Tyler Boyd. They have what Auden Tate. Joe, I'm here to advocate for any signing in free agency that is going to allow the Bengals to use every single pick that they have in the NFL draft on offensive linemen, because what are we doing? We have not done anything here. They had reported interest in Joe Thune. They had cap space to work with. They didn't spend it there. Then they turn around, they get cute with Carl Lawson, and Carl Lawson signs with the Jets, and then they turn around, they give Trey Hendrickson nearly an identical deal, uh, which felt like a very knee-jerk reaction to losing Carl Lawson. They let William Jackson walk out the door. Like, okay, you, you don't spend in free agency, that's fine, but at least retain your players. And, and some of the explanation that I saw is for how Lawson and William Jackson got out the building was because they had a coaching regime change, and then they, they needed extra time to evaluate the players because they had a coaching regime change, and then it threw off their spending window to spend money and retain those players because they evaluated them. And once you got to this point, you kind of said, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll let you hit the market, I guess. And they lost both of them. And this comes a year after they used the freaking franchise tag on AJ Green. And we're not going to go down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> because how many times have we pounded the table? If you should have traded AJ Green in the 2019 trade deadline. Yeah. And then you didn't. And you kept him. And you franchise tagged him. And he was a disaster for you last year. And you paid them all that money for nothing. And then you don't use the franchise tag on young players that could still help your team long-term. Help it make sense. Can't. But we do. I think we have two starters to work with on this line. Right? Jonah Williams, Trey Hopkins. Maybe Quentin Spain. So you need at least two new starters on this O-line. Potentially three. And I don't think I want to put three rookies out there. Who are you getting in free agency at this point? We knew that the tackles weren't rich. Right? Chris, uh, can we play a game, Chris? I want you to pull sure. up the best available free agents, courtesy of NFL.com. Okay. And let's scroll until we find an offensive lineman. Let's see far how far down. And we'll just talk. We'll just fill the dead space. Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz is available and he's listed high, but he's also rumored to be considering retirement. So I'm not counting him, Chris. Keep going. I think they have Riley Reef in for a visit, don't they? Coming up here, they do. That would be helpful. David Andrews. Okay. Now Miami seems to be the leader in the clubhouse on David Andrews. Eric Fisher. Okay. Achilles. But Eric Fisher. Achilles tear. Yeah, he's not going to help you immediately because he did that at the end of the season. Uh, Reader's getting ready to re-sign in Kansas City, so let's keep going. Riley Reef, who's in for a visit, best available offense. <laughs> Alejandro Villanueva. Okay, uh, so, great. Right the 
running out of space here on the on the site, Kyle. Yeah, we're down we're down to the top 100 free agents, and those were the guys that that are available. So if they sign, let's assume they sign Riley Reef. We get Riley Reef. That means we draft Penny and Joan inside. Is that the three starters that we need? And then we have Trey Hopkins in Quentin Spain. So we would go from left to right, Sewell, Jonah Williams, Trey Hopkins, Quentin Spain. Not and that leaves the door open for you to draft a mid round a day two guard as well. You know, and maybe you could push Quentin Spain out of the starting lineup in that that yeah. capacity. And Riley Reef. Yep. Is That's it better? better? It's better. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think dude, you can't start three rookies. So you you have to pay Riley Reef for it. Like if I'm Riley yeah. Reef, I'm like uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All the money. How, how how high can I go? Yep. How All high are you comfortable spending? Because I'm gonna ask for two million more than that. Because you you gotta <laughs> have me. You gotta have me. So on the, their defensive end situation with Hendrickson and Hubbard, those are like two of the hottest motor guys in the league. That's fun. All grit team. For sure. And like DJ Reader. Geno Atkins, Larry Ogunjobi is kind of fun on the interior defensive it is. line. It is. What do they got a linebacker? You know, Kyle, they got this guy, Jermaine Pratt. Great. <laughs> what do they have? What do they now have? And Logan Wilson, they invested in linebacker right. in last Team year's draft. They got a bunch, right, right. bunch of young guys. What do they have in the secondary? Um, well, Trey Waynes, Darius Phillips, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Chidobia Wuzier, Mike Hilton. Nice signing there. Nice pickup. They don't feel very far away on defense. Um, no. Th- they have some workable pieces on defense. Yeah. But this offense, pay Riley Reef. <laughs> Get Riley Whatever Reeve. he wants. So, you know, if you, you end up being in the market for Kenny Galladay or, or you go out and you, you secure a wide receiver, more power to you. It gives you more flexibility, right, to, to really hone in on the needs in the draft of, of – acquiring players at a position that apparently you're not interested in paying free agents top dollar for. Are you comfortable? So like they're interested in Galladay, but are you comfortable with Higgins Boyd Tate as your top three receivers? No. Yeah. I mean, you still want that to be better too. Yeah. So let's, let's set Joe Burrow up for success, right? Please. All right, Chris, let's, uh, you want to grab a couple more of these top guys? Uh, the wide receivers, three of the top four according to NFL.com are wide receivers between Galladay, Will Fuller, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mitchell Schwartz, who we already mentioned, cut by the Chiefs. But considering retirement, you got T.Y. Hilton in here as, as the six. So four of the top six or four of the top seven are wide receivers. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, Adoree Jackson, that was a big addition, Joe. Yep. Buffalo Bills? No, they don't have the cash for him. Yeah, I would like it, but I don't think they could fit him in. Yeah. David Andrews, um, he's asking for, I think, $7 million per. I don't okay. have a problem with that, do you? Yeah, it's reasonable. I think right. so. So that's for for the Dolphins. If you're going to miss on all these wide receivers because you, you won't play hardball with money and like you're $2 million apart on David Andrews, you better close that $2 million and just get the deal done. Because if you come away with nobody because you got cute and, and did, did your whole name your price tool and struck out and then somebody offers David Andrews $7 million and it's not you – Oh, oh, buddy. Yeah, that'd be a problem. So uh, Chris Carson, 
Chris really wants us to talk about Chris Carson. He's the top running back available. He hasn't signed yet. I think it's worth mentioning. What do you think Chris Carson gets, Joe? Two years, 10. Chris, what do you think he gets? Well, he certainly gets less than Aaron Jones got. So uh, I think that's, if we're looking at recent contracts, I'll go a little bit north of Joe. Maybe he gets two years. Give me two for 12. I was going to say 14. So All right. Okay. Spot rack, I'm pulling it up right now. They have him at 7.4 average annual salary. I don't think he's getting that. On the money. 214 on the money. I don't think he's getting that. He's a good player, though. I'd be really, if your team lands Chris Carson to, be, to serve as your lead back, you should be very happy about it. Some older corners Richard Sherman, Malcolm Butler, Xavier Rhodes. Sammy Watkins and Antonio Brown at back of wide receiver. Kenyon Drake. I think teams are that have been patient will be rewarded for that because I think I saw something like half of this list of their top 100 is still available. And I think being patient is going to set yourself up to not overpay, you know, do, do exactly what the Patriots are doing, giving A-plus money to B-level players. Joe with the shade on the Patriots to end yeah, today's show. Yeah, I've been show. casting it left and right. I got a lot of confidence right now. You know what I, I mean? I love so. it. I love <laughs> the confidence. Joe wins the division once, and now all of a sudden he's all high and mighty. Bills, hey, we're not. We're we're getting a steal <laughs> in Stephon Diggs. Imagine. imagine well, let's be honest. At money. thirteen, he he's getting paid the same as Corey Davis, Kyle. I think we could all recognize that Diggs right now is underpaid. Correct. Yeah, that's that's it's a factual statement. That was me being nervous out. is what that was, <laughs> more than let's, anything. Uh, let's hope Stefan doesn't listen to the podcast. He oh, might wake up tomorrow and realize right. he's got to make a change in his life. Right, certainly has um, no idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> Live stream tonight, YouTube, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Draft Network, come check it out. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast, and we will talk with you guys again tonight, or if you miss it, Talk to you tomorrow.